0: Vancouver co-op radio CFRO 100.5 FM an idea worth stealing Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975
1: Vancouver Cooperative Radio
0: CFRO 100.5 FM homemade not store bought. Here we go. <laughs>
2: co-op radio 100.5 cfro i'm Ganarji sullivan and today on this show we're going to be taking a look at the Bi high faith but we'll speaking with sarvenaz and cyrus sarvenaz is from the gallery 1515 and cyrus works with the youth group at Raycam, and they're here to tell us all about the children's res festival happening on April 30th. You stay tuned and we'll be right back.
3: My, my songs, they be bumping. 100. I put it down. Make <laughs> <laughs> your cow is down. <laughs> 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 All the wildest. <laughs> Cook my songs, they be bumping. 100. I put it down. I got that so close nigga. Shining is not the word. It's your boy Lil' Fane. Flies a flock of birds, Gangsta, ain't nothing to prove that's me. I leave this bitch more bloody than the UFC. So that's the situation you face in this place. We lazy till this bitch get hotter than Cajun. The last nigga that fall in the this face, calling it brages. It's so amazing, we still blazing like Lucky. I'm from the era of the gold, era of the platinum. I'm fabulous like the homin from Brevoy. The fact I'm a rock boy for real. I jig a nigga like Home, a bad boy like Jitty. Buffy and Sean Holmes is BK Lil' Malik. I'm so good, I DJ like talent. And I'm so old.
4: i
2: You're listening to Co op Radio 100.5 CFRO. I have a couple of special guests in here, as I said, from Gallery 15. We have Sarvanas. How are you today, Sarvanas? I'm doing great. Thanks oh, for having us. Oh, yeah, look at your mic. And also, Cyrus from the Raycam Youth Center is also here. And me, of course, Gennarji O'Sullivan. Hello, Cyrus. Nice to see you. Great the last time I saw you uh, uh, was uh, at the service for the uh, Kwakwaka'wakw Hereditary Chief uh, Wallace Squayam, also known as Bo Dick. You had a beautiful, beautiful service there for him. A number of people from the community in the urban hood mm-hmm. uh, showed up, and from the artist community. And then we also actually provided a live stream for those that couldn't make it to the service in Alert Bay, which was heartbreaking for many. And uh, everybody just wants to thank you so much, you know, for for respecting and acknowledging Bo like that. It was beautiful.
5: Well, it was uh, an honor to um, hold a service, uh, a gathering for him to remember him. He was such a, an amazing human being, and it was really the least we could do. Um, it's, it's a small space, but it, there was a, a very uh, big um, uh, feeling of, of love and, and respect for him that day. And it was wonderful to have everybody share their stories. And it was, yeah. The thing that I find
2: about uh, how Bo affected people... Is that he introduced people to the masks, you know? And uh, I saw a lot of different people posting things like uh, the first time I ever danced a mask was with Bo. And, uh, you know, I said that he was really good at giving people their first Mm. experience at maybe spirituality or uh, culture, which is one and the same in many senses. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely.
5: And,. As such a talented carver, you know, being a master carver and and um, uh, raising awareness about the traditions that have, have been lost over many years, and and bringing them back to life uh, through his talent, um, through his wonderful ability to carve such. Um, amazingly um, powerful masks. Uh, he just had a certain talent for it to bring these masks to life as well.
2: And his puppet, his puppetry, uh, master, mastery, I don't know if that's even a word anymore. I just think I made it, made it up. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I really loved about his work is uh, how rooted it was to the culture because he was brought up uh, with the people And uh, that makes a difference. Uh, And you could tell that it was a way of life for him. It wasn't just something he had to think really hard about. Nobody had to teach him. It was just a way of life for him. So much so that he took a copper all the way to Parliament Hill. Yeah. And uh, he also took a number of people who were struggling with homelessness, uh, police brutality, and other injustices as well. And they all took this journey together, brought a copper, made a huge statement, and uh, and people will continue to do that work.
5: Yes, I think, yeah. you know, Bo, not only was he a talented artist, carver, a chief, and, and as you just um, described, an activist, um, you know, helping many in his community and, and raising awareness and, and taking great leaps to do that, you know, through the copper breaking ceremony in Ottawa. Uh, the journey of truth and unity, which he called it Mm -hmm. Lalakanis. Really uh, using his time, his life to to raise awareness for his people.
2: And to bring back that culture and that ceremony in itself is a feat, you know, especially when you consider that uh, our ceremonies are not usually shared with common people. It isn't those ceremonies are private and they're very secretive so he broke down a lot of barriers within our own cultural um ways uh, because i think he recognized that that, uh, that this kind of action needed to be taken and we need to continue to practice our own governing system and find other ways to um to create currency or, or uh, to to practice our own way of currency, like with the copper shield and everything like that. So great work from Bo Dick. And, and because of that, because of your service, I was able to, uh, to meet you yes. at the service, both of you actually. And, and we've continued on with this relationship. What I found most intriguing about uh, the service and uh, about you is, is your faith. And I wondered how that meeting of minds came about. How did you two come and cross paths with Wallace Guayam? Um, I can
1: maybe, maybe yeah, start. maybe Cyrus so, can start. Our community um, you know, of Baha'is, it, it predates my experience um, in Alert Bay and with the Kuk- Kwakwakwakw people. Um, It all began with, uh, there was a Baha'i school, Maxwell International Baha'i School, that was on Vancouver Island, and would visit Alert Bay and began to serve at potlatches there from different families. Um, And so I went to the University of Victoria and joined a a Baha'i soccer team that played in June Sports, which anybody from Alert Bay knows about June Sports. It's been going on for 58 years now. And through my time there, I, like many other people, um, fell in love with uh, the people there, the culture, um, the beautiful place. And it's become, like, my second home. Um, and, you know, myself and many of our friends were, were recently, like, ad- adopted into one of the families there, the Willie family. And, um, and so, and through that experience, we met Bo and many other great chiefs um, that have honestly taught us a lot, you know, um, as Baha'is, you know, we believe we are spiritual beings. But I, I actually, I think through my experience going to Alert Bay and meeting people like Bo has actually taught me a lot about how to be spiritual.
2: Amazing. Really. And yeah. did you actually practice your faith with the Kaukaukiwa chiefs and, and Bo Dick? Did, did you teach them your ways in return? Well,
1: I, I think like, one of the fundamental teachings of the Baha'i faith is is unity. Okay. So the unity of all people, um, of all races, of all cultures, of all religions. Um, and, and that our purpose um, as human beings is to serve humanity, um, to serve others, right? So I think that has been our way of sharing um, our beliefs, is to try to practice them, right? To you know, such a beautiful, uh, people like the Koukouk people, Mm -hmm. um, to try to be of service, particularly given, I think the history, um, of, you know, first nations people, um, across Canada, right. How imperative it is that, uh, you know, we, you know, support and lift up each other.
5: I think it's also, um, important to note that, um, in the Baha'i faith, uh, we believe in the oneness of humanity and um, that the Baha'i Faith is uh, one of um, many religions that have come in the past uh, uh, j- from Christianity, Islam, Judaism have uh, come at different points throughout history to bring a message to humanity which they are um, in need of hearing and Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i Faith uh, came with a message for today and what is very interesting, I find, um, in a situation like in Alert Bay or with the First Nations community in Canada, is that um, the faith does not ask them to lose their own culture. Uh, they maintain their own culture. They can keep some of those, they keep their traditions. Um, they can access the spiritual through their own traditions and and history. So there's this unity of, of both the faith and the culture that come together in a very beautiful way, and neither of which need to be sacrificed. Um, and this is a beautiful thing to see in communities such as Alert Bay, where um, you have uh, families who are of Kwakwaka'wakw descent, um, families who have become Baha'is and maintain those traditions, and in fact are encouraged to have them blossom again after having a history of loss. Um,
2: yeah, because that is what we lost throughout history, uh, was our, our, our own, uh, traditional cultural knowledge. Uh, we lost our own practices, and so one of the things we now struggle with is religion. Uh, the very idea of it sends chills up people's back, Absolutely. You know because a lot of First Nations people suffered, suffered a lot of atrocities and had to give up their own beliefs. Absolutely. And so now we're stuck in this situation where we find it very difficult to believe in uh, religion, whether it's Catholicism or um, any kind of religion just kind of triggers us uh, in some way. And then on top of that, we've lost our traditional ways, that knowledge, and those ancestral ties. So we're stuck in limbo. And it's really, really, it's a very difficult place to be. And so where do you go when you feel sad Hmm. or when you need um, that higher
5: power? Well, it's... completely understandable why the community would feel this way in the past uh, religion has um, has resulted in uh, the loss of so much in, in the way of traditions uh, in the way of uh, ties to the past and your ancestors mm-hmm. um, those things have had to be sacrificed there's also been forced conversion um, you know without the choice of the, you know the people themselves. Um, so the Baha'i faith is very different in that sense, in the way that it supports the, the heritage, the history, and the traditions of all cu- cultures. It believes in unity and diversity. Um, so, and, and it's someone's own choice to become a Baha'i. They cannot be forced, even if you're born into Baha'i families, the members of that family have to make a decision themselves to, um, to become part of that community. To become part of that faith, uh, so this this to me is is uh, a marked uh, difference um, from past situations where you see that there is so much loss and pain created as a result of religion. Um, so it's completely understandable.
1: Yeah, no, I would um, you know say that uh, you know I think in the wider community, often, um, you know, we reduce uh, First Nations culture to simply just um, art and dance. But I think, uh, Ganarji, you talked about this, that there's actually, you know, these, these art forms are actually expressions of a deeper spiritual belief, Um, that there's really, um, you know, deep wisdoms, um, you know, in this, in this culture, I think that, uh, you know, has so much value, right? And this is something that I think that we have benefited from, um, from getting to know the community, that uh, there's so much wisdom and uh, so much to be learned from everyone.
0: What, well, well, well. Way, way, ya, ay, yo way I do yo way down hey yo yo way down hey yo way yo way i don't way i don't know way i don't I'm a cat, 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 cat,
3: cat, 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 Listening right now, struggling, feel like giving it right now. I pray for you, pray that you come back home. I pray that you understand that you're never alone. I pray for the single mothers and the dead be dead. drop the kids off and go party. Gets me mad, so I pray, pray for peace, to pray for change. Keep on praying when everything stays the same, and I pray for the pastors and all of the churches and those who cry night songs, following herses. I pray for you, pray for the sick and the poor, pray for the rich man who don't give to the Lord, and I pray for wisdom. And and i pray for power and I pray for well, be ready in the final hour and I pray for those who keep judging ministry. And I pray for my friends and my enemies. Come I I don't where
0: don't Come on, Come on.
4: me up?
2: Help me up. Oh-ho. Oh, yes, you're listening to Co-op Radio 100.5 CFRO. That was Superman, and the name of the song was called Prayer Loop Song. Uh, Sarvanaz is still here in the studio with me, and Cyrus from Raycam. We're talking about the faith. In particular, we're talking about the Bahá'í faith. Yeah? That's right, Baha'i faith, yeah. Baha'i faith. <laughs> no worries, it's tough.
1: <laughs>
2: Baha'i faith, yes. I am really glad to have you here right now with me at the studio, and, and uh, I'm really um, happy that I am able to talk with you about a faith, you know, that uh, is bringing the people together with one heart and one mind. We're talking a little bit about the how difficult it is uh, for First Nations people to even have faith at this point and how important it is for us to have faith, especially in this uh, age of uh, healing. So my next question to you is uh, how would uh, prayer begin in your faith?
5: Um, Well, it's interesting. Uh, We have prayers uh, that we read. because the faith is a young faith, um, and Bahá'u'lláh declared, who's the founder of the Bahá'í Faith, he declared his his um, uh, mission uh, and and um, the fact that he was the prophet of the Bahá'í Faith in 1863. Uh, we have a lot of his writings, uh, and we're very fortunate that way. So we do uh, have many prayers on a variety of subjects and and times that we will read them. And it's a very private and spiritual thing. Uh, we pray privately. We p- pray together. We pray in song. Um, it's it's quite open um, as to how we pray. But it's seen as something that uh, is like spiritual food. Um, and uh, we're encouraged to pray in the morning, in the evening, um, with our community, with our friends of any faith. It is an open and... Um, Uh, spiritual time to spend either by yourself in communication with God or maybe even praying and thinking of people who've passed on, um, praying for your family and friends, or it's something that you can share.
1: You know, one thing I'll add, I I think, because as Sarvana said, prayer is a major component of of faith and the Baha'i faith. I think one one thing that has really, um, I think, caused you know, our experience in, in, Alert Bay, um, and at Potlatches really resonate with us is that the, you know, these Potlatches, I think over time, as I've been going, it's been now over 14, 15 years, you know, I really realize that these are, you know, prayer gatherings. These are sacred spaces. And, you know, when we have the, the mourning songs in the beginning of a Potlatch to, you know, mourn people who have passed, these are prayers, you know, these Absolutely. are, you know, these are sacred, um, sacred songs. And, you know, it's about worshiping our creator. And uh, so I think that's part of maybe why, you know, for myself, I think many other Bahais, it feels like such a comfortable space to be in, um, such a familiar space, even though it's maybe a different culture from my own. I know I'm, my background is, you know, I'm half um, of English descent and half Iranian. And yet I find, you know, the experience at a pot lodge, um to really resonate with me because of its, you know, deep sense of spirituality.
5: And I agree with Cyrus. Um... Absolutely, uh, at my first potlatch, I felt that and you can feel that in the big house, when they're singing songs for those who have passed um, into the next realm of existence. Uh, there is a prayerful spirit um, and a, a prayerful state that people are in. And it is familiar to us. Um, And having grown up in a family, I I come from Iranian background, but my mother grew up in the South Pacific, in the island of Western Samoa. And having spent time there as well, in all cultures, you see that there are different ways to pray, but the feeling one gets in your heart and in your spirit is very similar. So it comes in different forms. uh, And I've seen that throughout my life. uh, But... Essentially, you're in a prayerful state where there's respect and reverence in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll add like Sarvanaz and I, and, um, and about 25 or so other Bahais, including my parents and, and brother, attended uh, a feast hosted by the Willie family. Um, and for those who know, don't know, a feast is kind of a uh, you know shorter version of, of a potlatch, which doesn't necessarily have have to follow all the same protocols. But you know, one of the um, ceremonies that happened um, and which happens at you know every potlatch I think that I've ever been to is a, a coming of age ceremony for for women and and again there was um, you know dances and songs that were shared that were prayerful and um, and then our one of our chiefs um, Robert joseph um, you know shared um, you know his kind of wisdom with uh, you know those who were witnessing and it was such beautiful you know language and I think a beautiful message that he was sharing to, to not only these young girls who are becoming women, but also all the young men, all the members of the community, and how imperative it is that we treat each other with respect, with love, um, that we treat each other like our own brothers and sisters. And uh, I think so many of these messages I think are really, are really valuable. Um, you know, not just to Baha'is or to First Nations people, but honestly to, you know, people across Canada, I, I, you know. And the world. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> There's a universal kind of application of the principles which are spoken about um, at these potlatches and at the feast we were just recently asked last weekend. Um, and uh, Chief Robert Joseph shared uh, so beautifully about uh, women and their role in the community and young women in particular. And these ideas and the standard to which he's um, kind of calling his 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 own people, but I also think, like Cyrus just said, um, it also applies to the rest of the world. Um, to to remember uh, the respect uh, for women in a community, and these ideals and beliefs um, that we're hearing also from the community resonate with us because they're also in line with our beliefs, as well as far as the equality of men and women, and especially mothers um, within the family structure.
1: And Ganarji, we, we have like a song that we could share. This is actually a, a Baha'i prayer put to music, um, okay. actually by some of our friends in, in Vancouver. Right. Um, it was a, kind of arranged by our friend Roya Bennett.
2: Okay, let's uh, set me up. And it's called, Blessed is the Spot. Okay. <laughs>
4: The spot and the house and the place and the city and the heart and the mountain and the refuge and the cave and the valley and the land. Glorify, 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 glorify,
5: O God, O God, unite the hearts of thy servants and reveal to them thy great purpose. May they follow thy commandments and abide in thy law. Help them, O God, in their endeavor, and grant them strength to serve thee. O God, leave them not to themselves, but guide their steps by the light of thy knowledge and cheer their hearts by thy love. Verily, thou art their helper and their Lord.
1: Thank you, Sarvanash. Sarban, just shared uh, one of of the Baha'i prayers.
5: Yeah, and it's just one example of prayer I've known since I was a child. Um uh it's about unity and and also calling upon asking God to help us um to follow uh the right path, to do the right things to um to achieve unity. And somebody asked me the other day actually, who's the God that you're praying to? <laughs> and and I said, well, uh, for Baha'is, there's only one God, and all people, all religions are worshiping, worshiping that same God. Uh, so when you hear me saying God in a prayer, <laughs> it's just a, the one God or the creator um, that we're referring to. And uh,
2: does Jesus fit
5: into this Absolutely, picture
2: yes. how does that work?
1: Yeah, yeah, so Baha'is, you know, believe in... Um, this concept that we call progressive revelation that um, basically, you know, this concept of this creator um, sends teachers um, or prophets or manifestations or whatever you want to call them and sends them, um, you know, throughout the history of humanity to educate and advance humanity spiritually, you know, and, and you know, culturally and socially. And so it may be, uh, it could be, a, you know, anywhere from a, you know, First Nations, a Cherokee prophet to whoever, yeah. like to the like the peacemaker, mm-hmm. um, to Jesus Christ, to Muhammad, to Moses, um, to Baha'u'llah, um, you know, to Buddha. Um, so all of these teachers are part of a process of developing humanity.
2: I see. Well, I asked this question because I'm actually setting us up for a little bit of Josh Spence, who we've had on the show before. He's a spoken word artist. Not sure if the two of you have ever heard of him. But in one of his uh, spoken word pieces, he asked the question Who is Jesus?
3: In he washed the filthy flagrant feet of his undeserving servants. He made disciples on a dissimilar dissonance of fishermen who rifles sin into oblivion when he died for the hypocrites that spit on him. He is infinitely interesting. The ironic solution, the icon of all revolution, the epitome of perfection presented at high resolution. The cross presented his affection restitution, assumed the place of the human race and for the Father's retribution. But the Son of God remained unfazed by the greed, because within three...
2: This is how we swing at Co-op Radio 100.5 CFRO different all the time that's what we are very very different (laughs) and we're proving it even our levels are all out of whack at times as you can hear (laughs) but that's okay Uh, so here I am. Uh you know I produce this show. I'm also like the host and I operate uh this program. So what I'm giving you is a little bit of a taste behind the scenes. If you want to go to Facebook, you can watch us live uh with Sarah vanaz Sarah vanaz uh from right. Gallery Sarvanaz. 1515 <laughs> and Cyrus from Raycam. Now we're going to get dig a little bit deeper into the youth program that is happening at Raycam as we lead up to a big celebration.
1: Coming up. Yeah. So, you know, you, yeah, you mentioned Raycam. So um, like we were mentioning kind of off air, the, you know, Baha'is are, um, you know, try to be of service and we are, you know, there's kind of four different activities that Baha'is are focused on particularly, and two of them are related to children and junior youth and um one program that i'm involved in involved in is the junior youth spiritual empowerment program and it's for 11 to 15 year olds and it's focused on helping youth at that time you know who are of course a very you know at a very vulnerable age uh really negotiate um you know their early um you know development in their youth and try to guide them um and it's a program that's inspired by the bahai faith but its intention is not to convert or anything like that but intend to really support and guide these youth so um, my connection to Raycam is just as a volunteer um, I you know with a bunch of friends we started a soccer program about seven years ago and really fell in love with um, Raycam and the people um, the kids that visit Raycam and also the people that work at Raycam Uh, one of the first fellows that I met was the name uh, a person named Paul Thomas who worked at Raycam for 20 years and was a beautiful man, and um, who passed away just uh, a couple months ago, and very suddenly, and um, so we, you know, um, have been spending a lot of time there, and through, through these kind of friendships at Raycam, we began the junior youth program um, at Stamps Place, and in, in that, uh, uh, with a bunch of youth there, so that's, that's one of the, that's my connection to Raycam, um, and you know, besides that, there's other kind of activities that are going on. in, you know, Sarvano, you can talk about, um, the children's program.
5: Yeah. So we also have a lot of children's classes and, and these are for kids under the age of 11, uh, ideally, you know, five to 11, um, that are in children's classes and, uh, very similar. We have, uh, stories and virtues where the kids learn about love and justice and friendship and, and, uh, through storytelling and games. Um, and, uh, During uh, celebration time or holy days in the Baha'i community, we often have celebrations. Mm -hmm. And right now, uh, we're in the middle of uh, this festival of Rezvan. And this is one of the most important celebrations uh, in in the Baha'i community, as it um, commemorates uh, the time when Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith, um, declared that he was, in fact, um, a a a messenger of God, and that he had this new message for humanity uh, that was about the unity of mankind. Uh, and that happened in 1863 um, in a garden, at the Garden of Resvon. And it lasted for 12 days, this period of, of, of stories and, and events that happened um, during this time. Uh, so I think we're kind of right around the 4th of fourth or fifth day right now something, <laughs> like, that. something like that of ResVon. and uh we're having an event uh in my neighborhood pacific spirit which is largely kind of kits area and um all the way up to just around ubc um uh, we've organized an event at Kitsilano community center on sunday at 10 30 a.m uh, for children um to come and join in uh with arts and crafts uh that are on the theme of the oneness of mankind. It's a free drop-in event. Uh, you can come in. It's for two hours at the Kids Community Center. Um, and the kids will come there and engage in activities where they can think about how we're all the flowers of one garden, all the leaves of one tree, the waves of one ocean. That's, that's inspired from a Baha'i quote. Um, and to create uh, with those ideas in mind. And also, we're going to be collecting donations for the Aboriginal Mothers' Centre Society and things like baby items, things that mothers could use for their children, new moms, and also making some special care packages for those mothers as uh, the role of the mother is very important um, for Baha'is. Uh, and in, 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 and uh, we firmly believe that they are the first educator of the child. So I, I wanted to choose an organization that was going to be helpful to mothers in some way as they raise children, and they have a very important job to do, raising uh, future members of society.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely an important job, and it's really great that you're able to rally people to help uh, support these women. It's not easy being a mom this day of age or even a dad. Uh, it's hard to hold a family together. Um, does your faith uh, help in that regard as far as keeping a family structure united it must but how
5: um absolutely.
2: what are your teachings? well
5: in the teachings um you know unity in all uh, senses is of utmost importance so First with all people across all countries, but also in the family unit um, yeah. to encourage, you know, marriage and and to uh, a strong bond in the family and respect for each other as husband and wife um, mm-hmm. and to be faithful to one another, to raise your children uh, with the same ideals. And um, so definitely that is part of the, the value system of the Baha'i faith is to try to keep the families as a, as a unit um, and, and to, to encourage unity in all ways within the household.
2: Well, since you've worked in uh, various areas uh, with the youth, you and Kitsilino, uh, Cervanas, and Cyrus, uh, you're working in the downtown east side.
1: Yeah, in Strathcona. Uh,
2: you know, there are definitely going to be some obvious differences, mm-hmm. yeah. but how do these kids respond uh, to, to you in the downtown east side?
1: Well, they're, um, you know, my experience has been amazing. You know, these, there it's such a diverse group in, in our, um, in our complex, you know, at Stamps mm-hmm. Place and you have, um, you have kids who are First Nation, you have African, you uh, have, have Syrians M- M- uh, Syrians as well. You know, and we sit around in a group and we had just, I remember a few months ago, there was about eight of us sitting around. And, they're, you know, each youth was from a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, many of them, some of them born here or they came at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was telling them because we were, they were kind of reflecting on the state of the world and how sad it can be at times. Yes. And, you know, one thing I said to them, I said, this kind of circle here of young people from all parts of the world, it didn't exist, um, you know, really 50 years ago um, or even beyond that. This is a new idea. Twenty years ago. Yeah, even twenty years ago, and it, it's a, and it's they're not just sitting together; they actually they're close friends. They treat each other with love and respect most of the time. Yes, and, <laughs> as much as a child can. <laughs> but you know, it's such a beautiful um, environment. You know, obviously, there's a lot of challenges to in the downtown east side, but at the same time, the sense of diversity that exists there, I think, is really powerful. Um, and we've also because we're. You know, our neighbors are the homeless population um, in the downtown side. You know, one thing that we talk a lot about in our program is, uh, are these people who are suffering, um, you know, who are homeless and what we can do to help them? So we do one of the core components of the junior youth program is our service projects. So we've done um, for three years in a row, we, um, the kids themselves donate um, their own clothes, uh, their own money, and also raise donations, and then we go and we buy socks and gloves um, and hand them out to people who are homeless. And this is all their own idea, mm-hmm. their own kind of work. We yeah. kind of just, my role is just kind of help support them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you do know. you have
2: some contact numbers that our listeners can use if, if indeed they want their children to be a part of your programming?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's, a, well, sorry, uh, go yeah,
5: there's the yeah, there's the a website for VancouverBaha'i.org. Um, and that's great because they will place you in your own neighborhood even. So there are these youth groups happening in neighborhoods all across across Vancouver and Greater Vancouver, and if you go to www.VancouverBaha'i, that's B-A-H-A-I.org, you'll find information there for children's classes, youth groups, and uh, you can send an email, and they'll uh, forward your information to a contact person for that neighborhood, and hopefully, um, you know, get you into a group or a class.
2: Definitely, and don't forget the, about the children's Resvan festival. That's I can really relate to that first part of the word Res. Uh-huh. You know, res yeah, Resvan. <laughs> res look at that. Put it together now, <laughs> and you got a festival. Yeah, on April the thirtieth, uh, Sunday at ten thirty a.m., twelve to twelve thirty p.m. It's in Kitsilino at 2690 Larch Street, Vancouver, British Columbia. Again, on April 30th, Children's Res Van Festival. You can find it online on Facebook. Children's, uh, you wouldn't believe how this is spelt, R-I-D-V-A-N. This mm-hmm. is what language right. is all yeah. about, though, right? <laughs> it's spelt R-I-D-V-A-N, but said Res Van Festival. That's
5: right. April 30th. (laughs) It's actually the Arabic word for paradise. Oh, is it? Yeah.
2: Beautiful. We just want some language. (laughs) And speaking of language, I only have six minutes here. Sure. Share some language with me from your people and your people as well. We got five minutes. Let's break it down. I know. Sure. throw you to the world Well,
5: I'm of Iranian descent. Uh, my parents were both born in Iran. I've never been there myself. Uh, I've been living in Canada my whole life, uh, born in England, but I do speak Persian. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm uh, happy to share that with you. I don't know how okay. <laughs> you'd like me to do it. But. Do
2: it and then um, say whatever comes straight from your heart and then
5: translate. Right. So um, actually for Baha'is, um, usually we use a greeting that says Allahu uh which is an arabic word but we use it as a greeting which means actually god is great um and uh Allah oh, yeah say Allah it again pa. Allah. well you can say it kind of briefly Allahu a'pa. Okay. <laughs> Allah yeah there you uh, go <laughs> god is great is that what that says yes yes a'pa. Uh, oh, yeah and okay. um and then uh in persian i guess uh you would say it means how are you
2: matura <laughs> Halash, hello
1: You're doing better than I can.
2: Whoa, 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 I speak that better than I speak English.
5: More, more. So it's a pretty easy language to learn. I, I think it's not that difficult. We don't have masculine or feminine, so um, it's not as difficult as French. So there's no pink
2: or blue going on there. No. <laughs> not in the,
5: not in the grammar. No, <laughs> not in the vocabulary. So um, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful language. I'm thankful to know it. I myself have not. Not being able to go back to iran because the baha'is are persecuted there oh
2: my goodness so um
5: since the revolution happened in 1979 i know we only have a couple minutes but i'll say okay, that so. um uh, baha'is uh, were uh, very severely persecuted killed um and also still suffer from persecution they're not allowed to attend any post-secondary education universities uh, their businesses are under a lot of attack a lot of the time and so many Baha'is left, including my family, um, in 1979, and were forced to leave the country. So uh, I also feel when spending time in the First Nations community, there is also a um, uh, lot of empathy and understanding for yes. being of uh, persecuted people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as I myself, I'm fortunate to have learned my language, but don't know it very well, nor can I really read and write very well. You know, so. I can tell that this really hurts you yeah it's difficult uh, to even
2: say it or think that this has happened as a result of your faith and yet you stand by it you know through thick and thin and uh, i really really have to say that that to me is very enticing
5: Mm. yeah well for baha'is um we don't deny our faith either so often Mm -hmm. what was asked at the times of the revolution was to deny one's faith and uh, many Baha'is, all Baha'is, you know, they stood by their faith and many gave their life for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only reason we don't go back is because we don't want to have to have to deny our faith. Well, and, yeah. lucky
2: for us <laughs> because we get to keep here, you here in beautiful British Columbia on unceded territory. We've been having a really great show with Gallery 1515.
5: Sarvanez, tell us quickly about this great opportunity yes, that you have. Uh, so I'm hoping to feature some Aboriginal artists in my gallery mm-hmm. in the month of June. So I'm, uh, you can take a look at our website at www.gallery1515.com and um, uh, send me your work for any Aboriginal artists out there. I'd love to see it.
2: Great. Thank you so much for joining me here on Co-op Radio 100.5 CFRO. We're going to leave you with some music.